0: All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the Word Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right hand man, Lou. Lou, special shout out to you tonight. I know you are severely under the weather. So if we hear some coughing, that's just a battle wound that Lou is working through to be here to be here with us this evening and help us get through this show as we roll into a very important uh, conference championship weekend. So thank you, Lou, for for just being a team player and listen, you know, listen, listen, putting this, the brand above yourself.
1: Listen, this is the playoffs, all right? <laughs> playoffs. If Mahomes, if Mahomes can get out there with his busted ass ankle, I can get out here with a little cough,
0: and we're going to talk all about that, right? Yeah, um, that busted ass ankle. So, Lou, I just said it. We're going into conference cha- uh, conference championship weekend. Uh, bittersweet time right for a lot of football fans the season's over at this point and you're just excited to watch a couple games but it also means there's literally only three football games left in the 2022 slash 2023 season evident by everybody's twitter feed and instagram feed etc when you're already seeing the stuff the mock drafts come out like it's it's that time of year where where things are are swinging in the the opposite direction so plan this evening man is we're going to keep this real simple i know last week we promised a shorter episode we sort of delivered on that not necessarily we will today i just want to quickly look back at the divisional round spend a few minutes talking about what we saw from each of the games obviously we might spend an extra minute or two on the 49er cowboy game um and then from there like just look forward to the, the two games this sunday um in the divisional round and, and make our predictions related to that so I know we didn't chat much coming into this evening, especially with you being under the weather and 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 this thing called life. So I guess this is an opportune time for me to say, hey, are you on board with that, Lou?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Let's do it, bro. <laughs> All
0: right. Awesome. So real quick, Lou, before we jump in, remind everybody again, we didn't do this last time after our intro. Where can uh, everyone find us?
1: They got to find us at WTF Pod NFL on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. And Wesson?
0: We're talking uh, football. Yeah, we're talking football podcast on YouTube. Real simple. W e apostrophe r e, and you will will find us. We teased at the end of last week that a TikTok profile is coming soon. I've already started to play a little bit with that under my. We're own in the lab. P- we're in the lab yeah, under my own personal TikTok, but we'll have a brand affiliated one here. I don't couldn't even tell you what my TikTok username is, so I won't advertise it or publicize it. Uh, Ice I'm an Princess old, I'm
1: 1982.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old dog learning some yeah, new I remember,
1: tricks. Oh, I remember back in the day, though, yeah, you know, like all girls like used on their aim instant messenger was like some type of princess and the year they were born,
0: bro. I, my my aim address. Quick pause. I know we don't have many uh, Gen Z that listen to us. It is more the Gen X millennial group that that we target into. But a a fun fact here is that our version of social media was AOL Instant Messenger. Like it that was, the was best. literally, and it was all about nobody cared about your daily post, bro. It was all about your away messages. away
1: messages.
0: If you weren't quoting rap lyrics, if you weren't quoting Movie funny quotes. movies, you were out of the game, bro. You were getting you and know. Then like, you,
1: you always knew who had, people who had beef because. People be warning each other, yo, yep. you can't am for like, a, I think it was like a 30 minutes or an hour or some Bro, shit.
0: Bro, the best, dude. My aim name was RIP Tupac 10.
1: Oh, man, I really don't want to give mine, but yours was pretty fucking bad, so I guess I'll follow suit. <laughs> so uh, mine was, duh da notorious l zero u because apparently there was already a duh notorious lou Ooh, yeah. with an o so <laughs> yeah. who, if that person's listening right now fuck you you stole yeah. my name <laughs> bro
0: i th- you know what it was a simpler time when it was just aim right and, and nothing else and god i miss those days and then the uh, little-
1: ha, ha. Uh, last thing, uh, also like in your aim profile I used to have that fake-ass link. Like, yo, new pics from, like, whatever, like, from Friday night. You yep. click on it, and it was fake. And yep. you see who's clicking on your profile, and I am like, yo, you're being a creeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Dude, the best, bro. The best. I miss those days, man. AIM was legit.
1: Bring back AIM. Let's do it.
0: You know? And, and just cut everything else out. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, now I laugh. Like, I'll be talking to my mother-in-law, and she would be like... Weston, can you send that to my AOL email address? I'm like, who the
1: hell still has an AOL email address? You know there's like three people at AOL working right now at that server room. And be Uh, like, come on. Just just, cancel your email. Just shut it off. I want to be fired. They have like a long beard.
0: I've been sitting here for 20 years filled in your three open email boxes that just get spam email all day and get nothing relevant uh back in the day when i was young i'm not a kid anymore that's what that stuff reminds me of so yeah we could go all night on that maybe we'll do like a off season just like talk about aim stories because that's worthwhile lou let's revisit divisional round first game that we quickly discussed and, and talked about winners was jacksonville versus kansas city quick refresh we both picked kansas city surprise surprise what sticks out to you about that game? You know, anything outside the obvious concerning for Kansas City who's moving on? What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, no, personally, uh, not, not, nothing shocking in, um, when, it, when, it, when it came to, you know, who, who won the game. Maybe in the manner how they did because, you know, Mahomes got hurt. Even, like, um, you know, Henny came in, back, you know, back up and had a touchdown, humming, you know, humming like the offense was still humming. And I got to ask yourself – is Mahomes a system quarterback? Mm-hmm. All right? Because um, I don't know if they really needed him for the rest of the game. But that's neither here nor there. Seriously, all can inside. Um, this is what I was a part of me. I was pretty upset why the Chargers did not advance. I know I'm, I don't mean to make this about the Chargers. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Please. But, like,
1: this was, like, this. it was all foresight. Like, I think the game would have been, not that it wasn't, uh, competitive, but I think there would have been a little more uh, for a lack there, better, you know, for a lack there, better word, a little more juice to it. If, you know, if the charges were played, you know, they that familiarity with the chiefs and what have you. So nothing really, uh, you got to get nothing really surprised. We got to get kudos to the Jaguars next year. They get Calvin Ridley. Um, I w- you got to wonder how he's going to fit that offense. Uh they're a young hungry team that's coached well right and they're 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 not going to lose anyone from that squad they don't have any really big impending free agents and no their coaches they're not going to lose any of the coaches which is always imperative too. they're bringing back everyone and i'm excited to see what you know how they're going to mature next year and see if they're going to take the next step as for the chiefs business as usual kelsey's the goat i i i Kelsey is that type of player that if he's on your team you love him because he's awesome, right? Yeah. He is awesome, great guy, great personality. You love him, but if you're playing against him, you fucking hate him. So twice a year, yeah, you yeah. So well, I don't really he doesn't really kill kill them too much. No, uh, the uh, the Chargers, but still, um Kelsey's so good and it's just. The Chiefs have been doing this year what I've said they were going to do all year. Everyone was nervous about losing Tyreek Hill. I'm like, they're just going to beat you in a completely different way. It's going to be spreading out the ball. This is you literally can go back to our shows and and me making those claims, and that's what they do. Like, you know, who's going to be, you know, who's going to be, you know, the primary, you know, weapon, you know, this week. So that's what they do. It makes it hard to hone in on one person. What's your thoughts?
0: Uh, I mean, you're going to hear me say this like four times in a row. The the better team won the football game. Yeah. I mean, it was it was that simple. Like you know, very few people, unless you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fans or you were picking a spread, where did you really have faith that Jacksonville was going to win this game? But to your point, like shout out to the or kudos to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the way the middle of their middle of the season looked to play a divisional round game a divisional round playoff game and you know win a previous playoff game like that's a successful season and what you're going to return and what you're getting in return like you mentioned a calvin ridley right like that's already on the books to hit you mm-hmm. for next year you know what's the draft gonna look like um for you guys like they're in a you know an opera an opportune position in a in a division that it's has weak. like its weak, like they should be at the top of it for the foreseeable future. So long as Doug Peterson remains and Trevor Lawrence plays and keep, consistently, like
1: he keeps on progressing. Yeah, yeah,
0: you'll be there. It's funny you bring up Mahomes being a system quarterback because that's kind of what I thought when Henny was going down. I was like, wouldn't this just be so Andy Reid to go win the Super Bowl with Chad Henny as your quarterback? Everybody told oh, you you couldn't do great. it without Tyreek Hill right? And the disruption of the offense Um, and season buzzed along just fine, you know, without him. The your point about Kelsey, um, I should hate the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I really should. Right. They beat us in the Super Bowl, but I really don't have a disgust for them because I kind of like Andy Reid. Right. Like, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is like a great person on the brand for the NFL, as is like Travis Kelsey. What I'm perplexed about is how the hell is that man, when you know what he is capable of, how is he always that wide open? Like, I feel like I've been watching for like three or four weeks in a row, the Kansas City games. And like, I haven't even like felt like I've had to see him make like a contested catch. Like he's right? just open in the middle of the field. And you just said the GOAT. He is arguably the greatest receiving tight end the NFL has ever ever seen and my man is consistently wide open in the middle of the field he's not faster than everybody he's not more physical than everybody he just has a like i i've always said this about keenan allen because keenan Allen's the same thing right he's not faster than everybody he's not stronger than everybody he's not bigger than anybody just has a knack for getting open right i like, also
1: think yeah he's very he's extremely cerebral too. very
0: cerebral absolutely the the concern for me coming out of this game is is and we, we'll talk more about this when we're looking forward at the other matchups is that Mah- Mahome's high ankle right like no, I know he's
1: no 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 yeah no this yeah, is dude. this is a media uh, yeah he hurt his ankle but I'm telling you man we're gonna be talking about this this is the new Kurt Schilling bloody sock here we're gonna be talking about this fucking no. ankle from now into February 12th. If you see what I did there.
0: I see what you did there.
1: A little foreshadowing. I until, see what you did there. Until February 12th, because you just see the headlines. I just see the future about this fucking ankle and, it you know, Collinsworth, blah, 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 you know, really, you know, talking so much praise in my homes. And listen, you can't deny it. I get it. It's just, if you, it just gets nauseating after a while. Same thing with when Brady and, you know, Uh, all those championships it just gets it just gets nauseating.
0: no and because it's the same thing on repeat right just different what channel do you tune to and i don't and i don't want us to fall into that but like depending on how bad it is it does change the dynamic of the game and it changes the dynamic of what he can do like listen patrick mahomes will play with no, with if you had to amputate him on that leg from the knee down, he would find a way to play. Like he's that tough, he's that gritty, he's that whatever. But is it too like a detriment? And you can't tell me, dude, that based on the way that he plays the game of football, it just alters the game plan a little bit. And at this juncture of the season, when you're playing the best of the best, does that altered game plan hurt you? We'll never know because unless his ankle breaks off, Chad Henney's not seeing the field in this upcoming game. Right. Like, but it is definitely the high, most highly scrutinized ankle injury of all time in the NFL is going to be Patrick Mahomes.
1: Mahomes ankle ankle is the only thing that's saving us from Brady and Rogers talk. So, so let's talk about the
0: ankle. Let's keep (laughs) going. All right. So, Again, I, the we both agree the better team won that game. Not much more to dwindle on. The game was probably even a little closer than I anticipated. It I do think that has a little bit to do with like the Mahomes thing and what's going on, and maybe having to change your game plan. Like, oh shit, we're gonna have to about face and deal with Henny instead of Patrick. You know, Henny's got to call an offense, right? Patrick is a magician. Like, just makes things happen. If the play breaks down, you're not getting that from Chad Henny. So, yeah. All right, next game up. Uh, was G-Men versus the Eagles. Lou, we both had the Eagles in this particular game.
1: This one killed uh, me, though. Yeah. Uh, because I thought the Eagles would start off a little sluggish because of how they ended the season. Some starters missing, a little banged up. You know, Lance John- uh, Lane Johnson, you know, a little banged up, too, and what have you. But, wow. Like, I just thought – and I know we've had discussions about you being nervous playing the Seahawks three times. And I said, usually when a team play, you know plays another team three times, the third time it also is going to end in, in a victory as well. So yep. you don't they usually sweep them, right? So I, I understand that we both did pick the Eagles, but I thought the Giants would give a little more fight. They were extremely lifeless, and I felt like maybe they were living off of last week's, uh, you know. Um, the prior week's um, you know victory against the Vikings but also they were really outmanned and outgunned yeah uh, I mean this Eagles team is very very good
0: let me say for the second time the better team won the football game right um, you and I both picked the outcome correctly we just had the game flow wrong you know right. and our expectations of the game because I agreed with you right I thought the Giants had every chance possible I was shocked at how quickly the Eagles got out of the gate. My brother, diehard Giants fan, right? Like he's as sick about his team as we are about ours. And I remember when it was like fourteen nothing at that point, or maybe even when it hit twenty-one nothing. I was like, dude, you just got to stop the bleeding. Three points, seven points, it doesn't matter. Just stop the bleeding. I have confidence in Martindale, in Dabo. I mean, uh, in dabble. I don't know. I almost called him Dabo Sweeney. Brian Dable, uh, being able to right the ship a little bit and make this a little bit more competitive. And they never did. And that was what was impressive about Philly. Cause I agreed with you, right? Like, Hey, they lost two out of their last three. I know Hertz. Wasn't there Hertz looked a little shaky because they couldn't run their full game plan, but you know, Nick Sirianni had his guys out there. I mean, they were, they had seven, eight design runs for Hertz, right? They, they got right back to what they do well and showed that they're a really good football team. But all along, they showed to me what we already knew about the New York Giants. Way ahead of schedule, way ahead of the curve, deserving to be there, but not as talented as where they stood in the playoff standings as their record would dictate, right? Like, when you looked at this team on paper, you're like, you're playing in the divisional round of the playoffs? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the
1: overhype. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. This could be a controversial take, but – for the amount of success they had this year, the Giants fans, you have to love it, right? You have to love it. Yep. But you think this, you know, is, is detrimental to them? Do you think this sets them back a year? Because obviously now you're picking in the late 20s. You're not. You're not getting those blue chip players. And if you're picking in the late 20s, usually every every NFL draft, and I, I, obviously you can you can see I've been a uh, draft focused, You don't have you know 32 first round graded players usually no. it's anywhere from like 12 to 15 tops so yep. now when you're in the late 20s you're picking really a second round talent so just getting
0: you, a fifth year option on on them that's all you're
1: exactly doing. so yeah. do you think this is, could be detrimental and possible them next year and the year after because of this this magical run
0: i do and you and i don't agree often on these sort of things right but like i do actually and i had this exact conversation with my brother about this is like look There's no moral victories, but it feels like a moral victory, right? Like a team that nobody picked to win seven games playing in the divisional one, a playoff game is playing in the divisional round of the playoffs, something to celebrate. You know, I think giant fans were tempering their expectations by being like, Oh, I don't really care about this outcome. Like we should just, you know, we're, we're just glad that we're here, but you also, when you're there, you know how hard it is to get there. You want to win while you're there because you don't know if you're ever getting back, right? Like that's the, the life of playing in the NFL, but for everything that you just said, like, look at being able to have two picks in the top 10 did for them this year, right? For the offensive line and for the defensive line, an immediate injection of, of talented youth that they leaned on for a majority of the year, especially Thibodeau, right? Like, you want to be in that position again, because you still don't have a ton of talent on this roster. And you know what I think actually sets them back further? And this I, this might be controversial, maybe not. Is now they find themselves in a position where based on performance this year, they probably feel obligated to re-sign Daniel Jones.
1: They do. Yeah. And
0: re-sign Saquon Barkley.
1: See, I don't know if they can. I mean, I mean, I know they can, but I don't know if they should. Both of them
0: I, this is hard because we talk about running backs all the time. I think Saquon to this offense is the more valuable piece than Daniel Jones. But the truth oh. is, what's the better alternative out there? Like, and the reason why I say this. Is because I can, yeah, I can get, I can give you one the the hype over the last let's call it four weeks of real time, not just the NFL season like real time is like look what Daniel Jones is doing this year and like yeah like he barely turned the ball over this year which is a mass improvement you know that just shows me that like Dable knows what he's doing right like he can he can find people but all of a sudden after the the Minnesota game last week everybody's like. Oh, my God, Daniel Jones at the height of his game, blah, 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 blah. And, and his two best games of the year were against the same team, against the Minnesota Vikings, right? Like, that we know is fraudulent and has a god-awful defense. So, like, what is like the Daniel Jones that I saw against Philadelphia, like, I don't know if I want to resign that guy, you know? And I know he's got no – dude, his, like, best receivers – I mean, literally his three starting receivers weren't even, like, on the field to start this season, right? One of them wasn't even on the team, it was on Buffalo's practice squad. So I get all of that, but I feel like if they make this decision to commit a long term to Daniel Jones, like it might be more than a year regression because they might be locked into that. To me, if I'm being prudent, maybe I just like, maybe I just franchise them or maybe I exercise the fifth year option. You know what I mean? Like I go that route and prioritize getting talent. Elsewhere on this team. Because the one thing the winning did breed was, oh, that guy Dable over there is pretty pretty good at his job. And he's got them humming in the right direction. Maybe now they're a destination of interest for some free agents who might have ordinarily been like, eh, I don't want to play in New York.
1: Yeah, see, that's the issue, though. Um, obviously, I haven't seen their roster construction, uh, construction, so I don't know what they can do. Uh, but if you're signing daniel jones to a big contract that's going to be a big cap hit yep. uh if you if you're if they do have intentions of signing saquon barkley to an extension which they should not absolutely should not do because guess what the best spot perhaps to get a running back would be when end of draft. first round end of first round or you know maybe they trade back you know uh i mean tra- trade back in the draft early second round so but if they try to resign both, that's going to eat up that cap like Miss pac man. So I don't know how they're going to, you know, attract free agents. They would have to be more cost efficient free agents. But it should be interesting to see this team as well. But yeah, it sucks. It's like how are you going to fault them for, you know, having success. I think right? pre, I think pre-free
0: agency and pre-draft, we should get a giant fan on this show. Someone who's knowledgeable, somebody who looks at that sort of stuff, understands like roster construction in terms of contracts like Edel- and agents. Like Gettleman. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like Dave Gettleman. <laughs> I mean, we could go to over to the cap and, like, figure it out ourselves, but love to, like, hear their perspective on, like, how they value the current people on their team yeah. Yeah. that, like, leaders. So so maybe that's a, a to-do list, right? Yeah. On the to-do list as we'll go look at that. But, again, I will say so what I said. You
1: know, We're talking about the losers here now. Let's talk about the Eagles.
0: Yeah. It, they look good, man. We said it. They looked good. They looked efficient. They did not look rusty like we pinned them to look. Uh, I mean, dude, they ran for 260 something yards. Like, if I had to nitpick a little bit, I'd say, like, well, Jalen Hurts didn't light it up like he has been, like, during that 15 and one stretch that he went on, but they didn't need to, bro. This game was over halfway through the second quarter.
1: Yeah, well, like, they the- are, they are built. They are built how I would like to, you know, a team to be built within the trenches. They are dominating both on the offensive line and the defensive line. They play bully ball, but they also have weapons too. So yeah. it's it's remarkable uh, what uh, what the Eagles have accomplished this year. And I'm gonna say this:
0: an aggressive GM will do that for you. By the way, it's how knows no. it, is that? It's,
1: you're close. It's not just an aggressive GM. This is the the. The creation of the Eagles, right? Don't forget how they were really bad a couple of years back. Remember, yep. but the creation of the Eagles is when is the recipe of when you have a GM working closely with your with his head coach and offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator to put basically what type of players they need for what type of system and everything. It, they all worked in synerg- in a, such a synergy where it translated onto the field he got howie roseman was able to get players that play perfectly to the schemes of where the coaches are trying to run
0: yeah i'll use aj brown as an example I, i guarantee the conversations were not like hey howie just go get me a wide receiver it was like no we want
1: That wide receiver, right? A Sean Reddick. You know what I'm saying? Like a beast. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, like, this is what happens when you have a GM that works fantastically with the coaching staff, and not just getting random, you know, you know, square pieces to go into round holes.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, dude, they're 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 humming they're buzzing they're flying like whatever you want to say like they are a force to be reckoned with they are deep they got playmakers everywhere on offense and defense but to your point point, man, and i've witnessed this firsthand with my own team but like love the style in which they're building it because it starts on the offensive and defensive line they will push you around right and like what do we know travels well in the in the playoffs defense and a run game and they're at the top right now like with what they're doing so um We'll talk more about them in a moment, of course. Uh, Next game up was actually the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Lou, you actually had the Bills. I did. I did. I was. And I had the Bengals. Yeah. And I'm going to turn it to you in a second, but I've just. You asked me when I was talking about the Bengals, like, am I concerned about their offensive line? And what was my response was I wasn't it wasn't like they just figured they've they've dude this was the knock on them all last year in the postseason they just figured it out right and like we know von millerless defensive line in buffalo is is not the same it's not the same as what you saw early in the year and that like showed itself like burrow didn't really have any different like didn't really encounter any difficult moments in that football game
1: i'm utterly disappointed in that buffalo bills defense and i know it's not been the same defense as it was in the years prior and i know uh, von you know it it was you know pretty well in the beginning of the year but you know losing von miller is a significant blow because he brings equal amount of juice as a pass rusher as he does a run defender right utterly disappointed in that defensive line not be able to disturb joe burrow you could blame the weather on that uh Snow does slow down, you know, your you know your pass rush, right? But um kudos to the Bengals again. What I'm gonna say is I had an epiphany watching this game. My epiphany is this Joe Burrow is that guy. Oh, yeah. And what I mean by when I mean but when I mean that guy, and some people are gonna hate me on this, he's on the same exact level as Patrick Mahomes. They're both tier one quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't want to hear really too much about Josh Allen being a tier one quarterback right now because of the turnovers and what have you. And let me tell you, what Mahomes does with his throws, his arm angles, fantastic. His scramble ability, his ability Unlike to- Unlike anything we've ever seen before. But what Burrow does, he doesn't he does not have any of that in his game. But what Burrow does is his ability. To process information and make quick decisions and decipher defenses so quickly, it's like as soon as he snaps the ball, he knows where he's going already because he's he's recognizing the coverages, and they weren't able to trip him up. And from a mental aspect, he's equally as good as Mahomes is from like a more of like a physical aspect, and that's why they're on the same level.
0: Yeah, I mean. Burrow's a ball. like he's a baller, dude. I had two epiphanies during this game. Mine was not necessarily so much about I mean it has to do directly with with Joe Burrow. but I dude, I gotta eat some of my own my own my own words here because you know, I trashed Zach Taylor after his like first two years, right? Like trying to figure it out and whatnot. Like, dude, he looks like the guy. He looks like the part. And this, to me, goes all the way back to how, like, the whole DeMar, DeMar Hamlin situation was handled, how he walked over to McDermott and was like, what do you want to do? I'm here, right? Like, got it. This guy's a human being, understands. Check, check in the box, player's guy, right? Like, I'm checking the box for, like, that's a player's guy right there. And it just like the way this team, like, dude, in the middle of the season, they didn't look great. Then they get on a run. Like, he's got them believing. He puts his, you know, the offense in opportune position. Like, he's going to have a 10, 12-year run as head coach here just based off of these two years alone, even if they lose this game. Like, yeah. he he's the guy. The other epiphany that I had is I was very uneasy about my, not that I really care, but my Cincinnati Bengals pick over the Buffalo Bills, right? Like, I wanted to root for the Buffalo Bills. Nobody wants to see a Berman Bowl. The 49ers versus the Bills. More than me, I assure you, right? And, like, I knew that was going to go away if they lost this game. Paid no attention to the weather report going in. Turn on the morning pregame, right? And I see that it's snowing in Buffalo. And I immediately was like, Cincinnati's going to win this football game because Buffalo has no semblance of a running game outside of the quarterback. And Cincinnati does. And what's better is, like, Allen plays hero ball. So a lot of, like, off script type throws and things of that nature, that's harder to do in the snow. Receivers slip, you slip, offensive linemen slip. Cincinnati's offense is a very controlled, well executed offense. Receivers will be in better position, they can keep their feet underneath them. So even if the running game's a little bit sluggish they're going to win the one-on-one matchups on the outside. They have the added advantage. They know where the ball's going, right? The defender, we always talk about this, defenders are reactors, but the run game and at this point in the season, Cincinnati's defense is just playing better than Buffalo's defense. And those are the two things, right? In the playoffs, didn't matter where this game was played as soon as and that's weird, right? Because most people would say snow advantage Buffalo in their home stadium. I didn't feel that way at all. Like, dude, they play in Cincinnati. It's cold as shit in Cincinnati. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, during the winters, like, the cold's not going to phase them. Maybe they don't get as much snow, but, like, it's a controlled environment, right? Like, they still clear the lines and clear some of the end zone in between plays. But the minute I saw it snowing, I felt so confident about my Bengals pick because I was like, because the Bengals can run the football and, and, yeah. and the Bills can't right now. They just, yeah. like, they, they, like, they run. They statistically look like they're running the football when they put the game away and they're just handing it off and they accumulate yards like that. But week after week after week, who's the leading rusher? Josh Allen. That's never a good thing. Dude, we talked about this with the Chargers at the beginning of the season. First four or five weeks of the season, Herbert was leading the team in rushing yards. We're like, that's not sustainable. Like, you're just not going to win football games that way. Um, And that's just what it's been for them. And unfortunately, like, the Bills stalled out in that back half of the season and that caught up with them. And they just played the hotter team. And right now, the better team. And again, the third time in a row, I'm telling you, the better football team won this football game right now.
1: Yeah, you can tell that. Like as I said, like Josh Allen is not in the same tier as Mahomes or Burrow, in my opinion. And they they need, you know. That being said, they're going to need to give Josh Allen a little more help because that offense isn't constructed uh, to be as competitive as it needs to be against the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and you know some other of those AFC uh, you know teams. So they're gonna need someone more outside of Diggs because outside of Diggs, if you can shut shut down Diggs, who else is your major threat consistently? Yeah, I know Gabriel Davis gonna have a game. Uh, You know, Singletary every now and then have have a game. Dawson Knox gonna have a game, but they are not consistent threats. They do they have a Houdini act way too far, far often for my liking. They just disappear for quarters in and quarters out. Uh, so they're gonna have to do a little, this is on, this is on the GM and he, they try to really bolster that defense to take away the Mahomes and the Burrows and what have you, but they need to give Allen some, they need to give Allen some more weapons.
0: Yeah. And that's crazy to say, right? Because like in the beginning of the season, you're like, Oh, he's got everybody, right? Like, what do you need? (sighs) Like, just think of the difference of scenarios. Like, all right. I know these aren't exact comparisons, but Cincinnati and Buffalo, like, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, cancel each other out. Gabe Davis is certainly not T. Higgins, right? Like, Isaiah McKenzie is certainly not Tyler Boyd, right? I would I would argue that um, – why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? That's embarrassing. Uh, Hayden, Hayden Hurst? Hurst has outperformed Dawson Knox this year, right? Yes. Like Hayden Hurst has been a, a savage.
1: And then you got Joe Mixon.
0: And then you couple with a running game. Oh, by the way, with a running back who catches the ball really well out of the backfield, right? That can, like, split out and play wide receiver, so – It just feels, I agree with you, like, they never were worried, like, last year they didn't worry about their offense, they went toe-to-toe with anybody, but they were in their eyes when they go back to that Kansas City game, right, they're like, what if we were able to make one more stop, one more stop, I think this team was built to beat Kansas City, not beat Cincinnati, and people are sleeping on Cincinnati, and newsflash, Cincinnati is a really young team with really generous, friendly contracts on there. Like they're not going away. Like they're not going away unless something happens to the most important position, Joe Burrow. And it changes because God only knows who their backup is. You hope you never know. Like, bro, they're, they're perennial playoff team. Like they're going to be there for a long time, 10, 15 years, as long as Joe Burrow's there.
1: Just want to add one more thing you said last week, right? I mean, you said last year, their offense was humming uh, they didn't worry about their offense, so that's why they threw a lot more resources on the defensive side of the ball. What did they have last year that they didn't have this year? Brian Dable, yeah. And Dorsey has done an okay job, but I feel like he's also castrated Josh Allen as a running. He you know he doesn't have as much as running attempts as he d- did you know the last year you know the last couple of years. He's made him more a pocket passer, and I'm not saying Allen needs to run in order to um, uh, to be successful, but it, it was a threat and it yeah. kept defenses on their heels and the loss of Dable really impacted him this year because I personally feel like he was the reason why that offense is, he was making wine out of water with what they had, but realizing Dorsey can't do what he did. We
0: say it all the time, man, it's the only sport in the world where coaching actually matters. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, so, it's, it's that simple, right? Like, yeah, coaching changes matter doesn't yeah. matter if the personnel is exactly the same right yeah. like this different philosophy and different scenarios like and you listen you saw what dable did what we were just talking about with daniel jones and like resurrected his career imagine what he's doing with a individual who is supremely more talented and athletic than daniel jones is in josh allen you know mm-hmm. um so buffalo's got some work to do head scratching right like they're I I'm nervous for them that they are going to begin to suffer the Dallas Cowboy syndrome where they're always going to do enough to get to the tournament, but never enough to really advance to the tournament. Dude, this is two real two years in a row that they've had really good and really talented football games and still can't find it to the conference championship game. And (laughs) Look, Brett, I will
1: say though, I will say though, the you AFC can't turn a quarter is...
0: without finding people that were predicting Kansas City Buffalo in the conference in the conference championship this year,
1: exactly. But the, the, the AFC is eerily reminiscent, I always say the history repeats itself. But how similar, you know, does these vibes give you of the Niners, Packers, and Cowboys from back in the 90s, right? Yep. Here, you're going to have, you know, the, uh, the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs. It's eerily similar. I think you're going to find out uh, they're all going to take their turn. And, you know, it's just going to be a carousel.
0: There's nothing I see right now that tells me Buffalo is a better team than either of those two teams, though, right now. Um, All right. Final matchup of the weekend, uh, both that we talked about and from a, a television broadcasting perspective, uh, the Dallas Cowboys came to Santa Clara to take on the my San Francisco 49ers. Louie both picked the Niners um, in this game. Allow me to lead if you if you don't mind on this particular game. I will now I will say
1: let the, the gentleman lead. Yes, I will
0: say now for a fourth consecutive time, the better football team won this game. It was a hairy game. It was a an ugly game. I think both defenses played out of their minds when all was said and done like early. And you know, what was the most evident to me early in this game is that Dan Quinn had that defense prepared for his expectations of what Kyle Shanahan was going to do. Like, I know you'll look, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead.
0: Like the first thing people that just casually observe the game want to say is like, well, Brock Purdy, like crashed down to earth. He didn't play anything. And I, he didn't do anything special. I just tell you, there was nothing special for them to him to do. The most special thing he did was not make brain dead decisions and like throw the ball into traffic and like take detrimental sacks. Like he protected the ball well, threw it away. Wasn't it there? Got outside the pocket when it wasn't there. Like, I just think both of these teams were coached up really well on what the other teams wanted to do. And it became like a, a chess match.
1: All and right. Then, so I got to say something real quick. I wanna yeah, report, yeah, yeah. Cause I, I don't want to, I want to stay here for a second. And this is a hot take I have. I think personally, Dan Quinn outcoached Kyle Shanahan. And let me tell you why. I don't disagree. I, oh. I'm basically saying that. I'm basically saying that. But you oh. tell me why, but I don't disagree. Because that offense has been humming yep, as of late. And to hold them to 19 points, who went off this game? Nobody. Kittle? Uh, In some capacity? It, Robbie it, Gold? It, <laughs> like, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Dan Quinn did a phenomenal job, you know, holding down this juggernaut of an offense down. And it wasn't like you said, everyone's going to be so quick. No party didn't crash and burn. What turnovers did he have?
0: I think he played one of his better, one of his more in cerebral games that he's played so, so far.
1: So like how did party crash and burn? No, no. Dan Quinn was in his bag. And, and, uh, he, he shut. I personally think he, he outcoached Kyle Shanahan this week. Yeah. I just,
0: I, I agree. And I think like, Hey, there's some things that speak to the advantage he had of like, Hey, these guys coached together. Kyle Shanahan coached underneath Dan Quinn understands what maybe Kyle wants to do. Like Dan, like, listen, is Dan Quinn. He's going to get another shot at being a head coach. He's the best head coach. I don't know, but I can tell you, he is one hell I, of a defensive I, coordinator. I, th-
1: I think he got a bad rap after the, losing that Super Bowl. I think he's a phenomenal defensive mind. And I'll tell you right now, I, I think he, he did good with Atlanta. He got them to the Super Bowl. And, you know, Matt Ryan won MVP because of him. Uh, so I personally think he gets a bad rap. And I think he'll get, obviously, another stint. And I think he'll be a successful coach.
0: I hope he is because he's kind of a likable guy. I love seeing him up there in his backwards hat, right, like in the booth. Like he just seems like a dude's dude and kind of like that about him. <laughs> um but I'm again, I'm not disagreeing with your sentiment that like that was obvious early. And what made that obvious for me is like, you want to know why this offense hums is when the running game gets you four to five yards a clip. You're in favorable positions. We always talk about this, right? You're ahead of the sticks. So you're second and five, second and four. Every play is available to you, you want to come out and run it a second time again. Cool. Maybe you're third and one or you get the first down. But early and often on those first down run plays stopped at the line or a one yard gain. Now you're second and nine and it becomes a little bit more obvious what the offense needs to do in a big game to, to move the ball. I also think Dallas's defense matches up better than most defenses with our offense for the w- mere fact of the speed that they have on that defense. Right. So like, you know, they moved Micah Parsons around the whole time. I'll tell you, Michael Parsons really wasn't a factor outside of like the, the art or the meme that you're going to see of him tossing McGlinchey and uses momentum against them. Not sure what else he accomplished in this game, other than just being somebody that they needed to mentally account for. I thought Dexter Law- uh, De- is it is, is, is Dexter no Dexter Lawrence is he's
1: on the, on Giants. the GN.
0: Who's the, who am I thinking of on the Cowboys? Why am I drawing? an album it's like so embarrassed right now. Lawrence Demarcus, DeMar- yeah, Demarcus Lawrence. Sorry. Whatever, dude. That's like really close, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, for two guys who talk about football all the time. I thought Marcus Lawrence played a hell of a game. I thought a lot of the no-name guys up and down the defensive line, like, did their job, held their responsibilities, and and played a really good game. Like I don't think Dallas played
1: H- played good game. We'll see had a good game. So yeah, they they those no-name guys that they brought their their lunch pals and they really you know held down the fort when it comes down you know working that middle.
0: The biggest difference here is your $40 million a year quarterback turned the ball over twice. Our $400,000 a year quarterback didn't turn the ball over at all.
1: And it's how I personally think it's one of those – you might not agree with me here, but I personally think the Cowboys lost on Sunday. The Niners did not win because they did have an opportunity. Your your red zone defense was phenomenal, but to throw that interception in the red zone – was catastrophic for them because they were finally moving the ball and also for Dak Prescott to throw that early interception on so close you know to um you know within their own 20 that was also pretty bad too. I know they only held the three points but Dak was not reading the field well and if I'm a Cowboys fan you can't put this on McCarthy. I don't think McCarthy did anything as a head scratcher. No. Right. So I don't want to hear the McCarthy outside
0: of the final play call of the game.
1: That's Kellen Moore, though. I know he's
0: got to say no to
1: that. So um, Zeke was the center.
0: I'm ineligible. To,
1: yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to think, man, that like. If you can't score more than 12 points with Dak as your quarterback, regardless of who's the defense they're playing, that's a problem.
0: Not the right guy for the team.
1: Yeah, how much more do you have to give him? You gave him a because your defense held a you know a playoff team to nineteen points. You would think that's enough for Dak to win a game.
0: A team that's been averaging over the last eight weeks thirty four points a game. You held them to nineteen points, like and no
1: clutchness whatsoever from Dak yeah. Prescott towards the end that fourth quarter. He he just it was bad play, but you could just see the situational awareness from their tight end Dalton Schultz uh, not getting that foot in and being lackadaisical to you know to move the football towards the end of the fourth quarter. So, like, it's just the whole offense, I don't know. It's just – I, I have yeah. to start questioning Dak.
0: I, here's where I have a little bit of a problem. I'm not saying you're wrong that the Cowboys lost this game. Like, listen, the defense – the 49ers defense played very well. D'Amico Ryan's had his guys ready to go. Like, they put them yeah. in those positions, right? And you can argue just as easily – we gave them free points as well on a muff punt inside of our own 25 yard line. Right. And a quick opportunity to to change the momentum in that game. And and the defense didn't bend. Right. Like or, like, or didn't break, I should say. Um, You know, and, and I can argue on the other side that like the, the score would look a little bit different. Like we missed some opportunities as well. Like Dre Greenlaw had a pick six right in his lap prior to that. Like, there, there's been other opportunities. Balls deflected in the air inside the red zone that, like, hit the ground. And when balls pop up, they never usually hit the oh, ground, the, right? Oh, so,
1: that throw to Dak, yeah. Yep. I mean, that throw to uh, Zeke, yeah.
0: Yep. Like, these, that could have been changing as well. You could sit there and say, not good throws, right? Because they weren't. But the That's defense Dak puts pressure on you to do that, and the defense plays too. Why I have a problem with this is because as a fan of the 49ers, like, I know my team didn't play – Superlative, but they did what they needed to do, and they went and won their 12th straight football game against another playoff team that had Super Bowl expectations against a 40 million dollar a year quarterback, and yet come Monday and Tuesday, I li- I tuned into Skip Bayless, I tuned into First Take, like I tuned into these shows that I never ever give anything. Cause I want to hear the backtrack. I want to hear like, what the like what Stephen a has to say? Cause he hates the Cowboys. Right. And through all those shows, dude, I don't, you wouldn't even know who the Cowboys played. It was literally just all about the Cowboys collapse. Right. Like, and this and that, and that's where I have my problems. Like, yo, like that team that's won 12 straight games. That's arguably the second best, if not the best team in this conference, went and did what they were supposed to do, and they won the fucking football game, right? And candidly, like, it never really felt like they weren't going to win that football game. Like, it just – I don't know if it was confidence. I mean, listen, I was nervous as shit all week. What I tell you was going to be the biggest problem, Dak scrambling. A couple big scrambles, right, where he made that game, like, again, put them in favorable spots, big third downs, got off the field, things of of that nature, but – you know, outside of, like, oh, this is closer than I really think it should be, I was never, like, ah, we're out. Like, ah, here's where it's going to turn, you know, that sort of stuff. And, like, that's commendable as well. I'm just hearing too much of, like, the Cowboys lost this. The Cowboys collapsed. Well, so, well how about the better team actually won the fucking football game and, and capitalized when they were supposed to capitalize?
1: So I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Everyone's saying that. But being from a completely, totally objective I have no dog in this fight, right? As I'm watching this game, I'm like, my, this—that's where my head went. Mm-hmm. That Dak is choking this game away, and, and maybe it's for the fact that I didn't feel the game. The game should have been as close as as it should have for your 49ers, right? So I'm like, they're you are always within striking distance. What do you? What's the worst thing you can do when you uh, have a play a lesser opponent? Keep them in the game. Yeah. Give this him is what, Give him hope. And, and I kind of felt like you guys kept on giving them hope, and he kept on fumbling it. It was never the – you guys were the more talented team. Of course you won. But the fact that it was so close, they – if Dak was the guy, he would have won that game because if it was so close for so long.
0: Yeah, he would have – he, he,
1: he if, had if he the went, opportunities. He had sure. the opportunity, man. If he was sure. that guy. Yeah. And that, I think that's why everyone's so fixated on the Cowboys. If they just would have beat them out, you know, everyone's like, yo, the Niners just, you know, Molly whopped them. Right. You nope. know, that, that's what that would have been the narrative, but the fact that it was close and he had numerous attempts to really win this game and didn't, that's why the narratives focused on the Cowboys in my opinion.
0: And you're not, and again, you're not wrong. I like, listen, I hate the Cowboys. Like I have since I was a child, like I hate the Cowboys Hate their fans like i i don't know if i was more excited that my team won or that their team lost like i'm still trying to differentiate between the two in some capacity but I do feel bad for Dak Prescott because I do think he's talented. And I know because
1: his girlfriend dumped him because she realized she's never going to get a ring.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. That was actually pretty funny. Um, I hope it's not really like true, true, right? Like, you know, what media makes up and what they dig into, like, God only, you know, she probably dumped him because he was out railing other girls all the time. (laughs) Two two Um, weeks
1: later, she's going to be dating Purdy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: You know what I'm saying? Brock's going to be showing up with her. That'd be dude. That would be hilarious. Um, But that being said, like, like we could say all we want about like Dak in these big moments, whatever, but dude, like we know he's a good dude. We know he's a stand-up individual. We know he's somebody that you want to be the face of your franchise because he says the right things, does the right things, does the right actions and all that. He just can't seem like he's got that Kirk Cousin-esque feel to him, right? Like he'll he'll ball all year, he'll do it in good situations. I know this was a rough year with him, injuries and like statistically speaking. But when the spotlights get real bright, it just seems to crumble for him. And I don't know if that's him, if that's the team. Like, it just feels like it's him at this point because there's evidence of it. But, like, what do you do? Like, you got $40 million a year sunk into this guy. Can't just cut him. Can't just move on from him. Like, that sets you back even further.
1: Just like the Josh Allen situation, you got to get him more help. He's not going to. Elevate the skill position players around him enough yeah. to be a perennial threat. Yeah, he needs better players around him to make him look better. All right. And losing Tony Power, let's not let's not forget that that was huge, man. He's a yeah. home run. He he's a home run hitter. When you have to rely on Zach and his two point three yards per carry, uh Zeke and his 2, uh, 2.3 yards per carry, that's a problem, man. Yeah, it changes the game for sure. You become one-dimensional against a, one of the best pass-rushing teams out there. Like, yeah, yeah. it changes it a little bit. But but in all
0: fairness, like, it, Pollard wasn't balling. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't like...
1: home-run hitter, though. Yeah, it could be he, one.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he could has be that one speed. And, done, yeah. and that and that threat, like, does happen. And how many uh, any
1: points did you guys win by? Six? Seven. Oh, seven. Seven? A touchdown. Okay. 19, so, yeah, 12, so right? I thought it was 1913 for some reason. No, 1912.
0: We okay. lost by six la- We won by six last year.
1: Yeah. So, like, you never know if he breaks one out, but you know when Zeke has the ball, he's not
0: breaking one out. Not against he, this defense.
1: You know, he, gets like he might it. get a 20
0: yard carry, but he's not taking one to the house.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. He's got that piano on his back. He, he ain't going anywhere. They got to revisit that scenario, man. Like, oh.
1: Listen, I got a baby grand on my back, too, man. I get
0: it. All right. We're already longer than we said we would be um, because that's just how we do here at the We're Talking Football podcast. Lou, let's let's just look at the conference championship real quick. Let's start with – let's just go in order of the games, right? So the NFC championship game is first up on the docket. You got the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me your perspective on this game. And then, of course – You're not going to want to go first? I'll go first.
1: Yeah, you go. Right, right. I'm going to
0: start by saying if we played the same game that we did against Dallas, we're going to get dragged up and down that field, up and down the field. Team's too talented. Uh, we've talked about it before.
1: They're just too, too balance. talented. Too balanced
0: on the both sides of the field. The same thing that gave Miagida about Dak, three x that about Jalen Hurts, right? Like the mobile quarterback, the read option offense, like. Got to take that away. You know where you—that's going,
1: going to be a problem. I think
0: you know where you 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 beat the Eagles is you get Jalen Hurts out of the pocket, but still looking to pass, not looking to take off. Right? Because and you know I'm not a statistics guy, but the statistics say he is very inaccurate and unsuccessful when he is scrambling to throw the ball. Right? Like so. That's where you're going to win. You look. They want to run the ball. We are a very good and stout run defense, right? I like love we have this. Of-
1: I love it. This is Im- the immovable object versus that, that force, you know.
0: Yep. Uh, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Yes. Um
1: you know what, what one of my favorite things to do is butcher saying, so I, know, I was I do, always need Wesson to clean me up. I was gonna here. say
0: my favorite thing to do is to come in and save the day and clarify. Yeah. Like the their ability to run the football scares me. I know our secondary matching up against their receivers isn't favorable for us. I would give advantage Philadelphia, right? Mm -hmm. In that particular instance between Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, and even Dallas Goddard. I think we have the capability with how our linebackers, Greenlaw and Warner and even Shire like cover Goddard. We can maybe, factor out of this game in some capacity i mean dude you saw what fred warren's capable of running down the middle of the field with cd lamb from the a gap right like i mean he's dude he's a fucking freak like he played his best game i've seen him play in a long time against the cowboys he was everywhere um but where i give the advantage to them is if hertz is able to create and buy that time like aj brown Devontae smith or devonta smith are, are special they're gonna get open so the mobility of this quarterback
1: very scary for you guys scares me
0: their defense doesn't scare me enough. Like last week, you were asking me about matchups, right? And I, I said our offense versus their defense. Like I take my offense versus their defense all the time. Said so their offense scares my defense. Like it, it's kind of the same thing. Like I, I think our offense will be okay against their defense because we don't like Brock Purdy's not going to be in seven step drops, right? Like the ball is going to be out quick. It's going to be over the middle. You're going to see a lot of flash. You're going to see us try to impose our will in the run game because we too want to run the football. Like it opens up everything we do just dude, These teams are built as almost mirror images of one another from a philosophy standpoint, trenches, trenches, both sides of the football. We're going to beat you up. We're going to bully you. Who's going to beat the other
1: one up more is who's going to win this football game. Um, See, (laughs) I'm I'm intrigued. I want to go back to their defense, not really worrying you too much because I'm in that's, their defense versus your offense is the thing I'm looking at the most this week, because they run they had some interesting schemes. So they run a lot of five man uh, defensive uh, lineman rotation, where they they use you know a, a nose guard, two D tackles, and two D ends, right? And that's going to be hard to penetrate because usually you have a four or three man you know you know uh, alignment, and so then your knee jerk reaction is okay if they're showing five defensive linemen, we'll just throw it on them. But the reason why they run a lot of this five-man defensive line alignment is because then they have run a lot of dime, so yeah. they'll run five defensive linemen, one linebacker, and the rest are defensive D- backs, right? Yep. That will help neutralize the you know your passing attack because you're getting the the, the quicker, more athletic uh, players on the field to help. Keep par. I'm not saying they're going to nu- uh, totally uh, shut down your skill positions, but to keep par with Debo, uh, to keep par with Ayuk and Kittle and what and what have you. So they still have speed. They're not losing speed on the field, and their defensive line. They, I think they have three guys who have ten sacks or more. They keep yeah, on coming pressure. and coming and coming, and there are no slouches, and they can. Generate pressure from the middle because they have some hog mollies in the middle. They got Jordan Davis, they got um <clears throat> Fletcher Cox, uh, Hargrave. Like, they then you have Reddick, and then you there's Josh so much, yeah, you, you know, there's nope. so much there, you should be a little more nervous about their defense if I because of how what scheme they run and how they can possibly neutralize what you're trying to do on offense but that being said watching with shanahan some of the alignments that that guy's a fucking canvas watching so like i when i watch your offense i just want to let you know when i i just look for uh kyle you i'm like oh man this is great they had a play where some they put kyle you in motion and basically because they did that they had uh, trevon diggs covering Kyle you check yeah you know that that wasn't supposed to be the assignment but he had to because of the defensive alignment right it's
0: the alignment right and then you're like oh so Debo's out there with not digs on him or something along those lines
1: exactly so like it's gonna be a chess piece. i I'm interested that's what I'm looking forward to their defense was your offense
0: okay so let me be very transparent about something I am nervous about all of it if I'm choosing the lesser (laughs) of two evils the lesser of two evils to me is our offense against defense dude Lou everything you just said Spot on dynamite points, etc. Where I tend to err on advantage Niners in that particular instance is like, look, they're gonna get pressure whether it's four or five. But when they're in that dime, they man up, right? Because they have the people to they, man just, up. Yep. Right. So they man up. What is what does Kyle's offense do probably more than anybody? Drags people across the field, right? At different levels. I don't care if you're the best cornerback in the league. If that, if that dude gets off the ball, you're chasing him from behind, right? Like, so it's harder to jump the route. Like, it's easier to, it's in my opinion, it's easier to cover wide receivers that run straight down the field, run 10 yard hit, uh, stopping stops, right? 16 yard outs, even dig routes. Everything they do is layered and it puts people in position where, like, Depending upon the pressure and depending upon how Purdy's sitting in the pocket, what what's my read and what's my progression based on layers? And where are they? Right. Like is Ayuk going to be open in the middle of the field with a with a DB, two yard, like two or three yards of separation. You mentioned about like what Kyle Shanahan's able to accomplish. One of the things that he's actually is how many yards of separation his wide receivers tend to have. And that's by play design and exploiting the matchup. So that's where I feel like, Hey, this, if, cause again, go back and watch the fi- film. How many times you see Brock Purdy in a seven step drop? Like, that's just not our offense. Like that's not how it's built. That's what they want to do with Trey Lance, by the way, but that's not how it's built with like with a Jimmy or a Brock it's second, third progression. Get the fuck out of there. Right. Um, you mentioned the pressure up the middle. What gives me a little bit more confidence is Brock is not a statue either. You know what I mean? Like pressure up the middle eats quarterbacks like Jimmy G up all day. The Tom Brady's up all day. It's not
1: good when he's outside the pocket though,
0: but from a throwing
1: scent, from a thrower,
0: but is it with that up, up the middle pressure and these things are game changing, right? Like we talk about this all the time. The NFL, bro, like every game, every play is the most is so important and so instrumental. Like it's just the way that it works. There's no seven game series, three game series. It's like winner go home right now. Like that's just the way it is. So in those scenarios, you got pressure up the middle. And even if he skirts out and throws the ball away, second and 10 versus second and 14 or second and 15 or second and 16 or change of possession on a strip sack fumble that came up the middle and nothing you can do, like he's just got that quick little burst. And, you know, you save downs two or three times and not take the sacks. Like defenses get frustrated. They want to get to the quarterback, right? Like it, it might change things. Again, I'm being I don't. I want to be crystal clear about this. The Philadelphia Eagles are a dominant football team right now. There is nothing that's going to happen in this game that makes this easy sledding. But if we, to flip it, if I look at our defense, if we can get pressure with four and cloud, even if you could just take A.J. Brown out of this game in some capacity, Got a really good shot at winning the football game, man. A really (laughs) good shot at winning the football
1: game. That being said, tell me who wins. Give me a score. Fuck. (sighs) Dramatic
0: pause.
1: 49ers
0: win 28-27. Wow. I'm going to... Wow. And dude, last year, you, you, dude, you know me, right? Like I'm not afraid to pick against my own team. Like I don't make Homer picks. I picked the Rams to beat us last NFC championship game. Like being honest, right. Um, The 49ers have the opportunity. Both teams have a tremendous opportunity to win this game. Right. And it's going to be, it's going to be a battle, man. Like I'll say this about the conference championship games. The four best teams, or the two best teams from each conference, are playing in this game.
1: I agree. Last year, we never felt that way. I'm never. so happy you brought that up. I, it said I always felt the hottest team was playing in yep. Super Bowl. This is but, the four yeah.
0: best teams in the tournament, and arguably for the entire year in their conferences that are playing in this game. All right, Lou. Who's ready? winning? Yeah. <clears throat> Score will be 27
1: 23. Fly, Eagles, You're not
0: allowed to say that on this
1: show. Dude. On the road Kansas. to victory. Yep. um, I think Purdy will have.
0: He'll finally the- make the mistake?
1: No, no. I-, I think Purdy will have a similar game he did last week. Yep. Efficient. I won't lose you the game. And I don't think that's going to be enough, though. Yeah, I think so, because I think the Eagles have a little too much firepower on offense. You were saying, hey, if the if the Niners can apply pressure with four, Eagles got a really good offensive line no, too. No, go down. Go down. That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be hard to do. Yeah. So, and even yep. if they do get pressure, Hurts can Here, avoid it. Here's.
0: Here's one of the things that I do want to bring up and I do want to mention. And sometimes this has to do well, with I,
1: what I, what I have been so bad at picking the uh, pl- uh, teams this uh, No, playoffs? no, cuz
0: I've been equivocally as bad. But the these things don't get talked about, but they tend to like show themselves, right? Like in like big game moments. Facts are is that the 49ers are now about to be in their third NFC championship in four games in four years. Experience Kyle Shanahan's been to these games, been to the Super Bowl experience. I think I saw when I was adding it up, 16 or 17 of the 23 essentially starters on between both sides of the ball have played for the 49ers have played in conference championships, ga- cha- conference championship games before for either this team or other teams. I love and it. And so- Nick Sirianni as a head coach. First time at this dance, right? He was one and done last year in the playoffs, making a little bit of, you know, he's he's only had to win one game so far. That's the way it goes when you get the bye week. Never been in a conference championship game. I think it was it's like six or seven of the 23 potential starters between both sides of the ball from the Eagles have played in a conference championship game before. It's one of those just small little things that people don't think about that I do think lends itself to say, we talk about all the time experience in, dude. It's a bit, it's a different game. It's a bigger moment. You know what I mean?
1: I agree. But what you're really, I'm not sure if you're conveniently, you know, leaving this out or not, but what you're not really saying is the one imperative position on the football field who does not have experience, who has what, 11 games experience, is Brock Purdy. Now you're asking, Brock Purdy to go on the road and play in a big game. Does Brock Purdy Purdy have any big game experience? You can say with Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, you, you can go back to college and say yes, uh, but he's not going to be on the road, Jalen Hurts. So <laughs> I think the road factor plus the big game experience from the quarterback position, which is the most important of all, that's real. Listen, yep. I've seen I've seen that from a Chargers fan, Philip Rivers great. Comes to a big yeah. game. <clears throat> yep.
0: Listen, I it's so many people are bringing up that like Purdy played hurts. Like when hurts was at Oklahoma in an Iowa state Oklahoma game and what it went down to. And like, you know, Purdy law lo- or Iowa state. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, listen, those quarterbacks exist. We get it, but this is the NFL now. And this is not Oklahoma versus Iowa state, right? Here's the one thing that I would challenge. I would push back on you about that statement is, you know, Jalen Hurts' experience is not significant in comparison to what Bur- Purdy has, right? He's playing at home, though. He is playing at home. But I would also say that, like, the what I feel is different is I feel like the Eagles, and this is not a bad thing, this is why you you have great players at your quarterback, is they are as good as the quarterback, right? Like, that's what they need. Like, they need good games from their their quarterback, right? Like, that's what makes the offense move. I don't want to say the 49ers have won in spite of Brock Purdy. I can
1: see what you're saying here.
0: But you know what I mean? But like he – they never asked him to do anything flashy. But the truth is I hate Colin Coward, uh, but he did bring up something good, something, something relevant, that the truth is if you want to win this game on the road in a conference championship, Purdy's going to have to make three or four big-time plays. It's just Agreed. what it comes
1: – and can
0: he do it? I don't know. I mean I can say that I've seen him in games make big plays so far. But those games had far less on the line and felt a lot pressured. And but less competi- admitted,
1: and lesser competition. Lesser too.
0: competition. But I will mitigate the home field advantage just a little bit. Dude, tune into that game. You will see plenty of red in that stadium.
1: Plenty,
0: dude. We'll plenty. I'm not saying, I'm saying 65 35, which for a national, for a conference championship game, that's a significant amount of fans. Like, dude, when we played different ball game, different prices bro philadelphia is basically in our backyard the the ticket prices for this are absurd and i refuse to spend a thousand dollars to sit in in the nosebleeds and like miss the game when i can watch it from my tv like i have expectations on where i want to sit and i'm gladly spend the money but when you're talking about like where i want to sit thirty five hundred dollars for a ticket like i ain't doing it like i ain't doing it they go to the super bowl i'd rather spend that money and convince my wife we should go to the super bowl in arizona and get a fucking vacation out of it you know like I'm thinking long-term strategy here. But last year when we played them in week two at Philadelphia, bro, that stadium was a 50-50 split. I'm not even exaggerating. There was a 49er takeover like I've never seen. It won't be the same because the cost of travel and the cost of being there in the postseason is drastically different than it is in the regular season. But there are a handful of teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, and the San Francisco 49ers. Their fans travel. Travel, bro. Like, dude, we're all over Twitter. You can go and lock it in. I know you follow all the 49ers guys that follow us back. Bro, they're at the game. Like, going to the game. Like, it's so all right. So you got fly, you got fly, eagles fly, go the birds. I got the niners. Let's get into the last game and let, let's get out of here. Um, call it a wrap. So Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the Kansas City Chiefs at what is now being coined Burrowhead Stadium?
1: This is awful. You do not give <laughs> you do not give bulletin material like this
0: to Andy Reed.
1: I Did not you? just the Kansas City Chiefs, just to Andy Reed.
0: He'll exploit it all day long. But hey, good news. Cause I think the I don't I think in this scenario it was the right idea and a good idea that if it was the Bills versus the Chiefs because of the way the seating and things worked out, it'd be played at a neutral site, right? Um, I think the Bengals felt slated about that because, like, hey, we're in contention of this thing too. Like, should be at a a neutral site. The one thing I never want to see the NFL do is decide that it's a good idea to play conference championship games at a neutral site, like they do the Super Bowl. Dude, the Super Bowl is depressing. Like, if you there's eighty thousand fans at the Super Bowl maybe 20,000 of them are actually fans of the teams that are Mm -hmm. participating in the game. Everything else is corporate sponsorships. Look how much money I have that I can afford these tickets. Like, alumni, player, you know what I mean? It's not the same thing as, like, your diehard fans being at the game.
1: It's like a Chargers home game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Say it's more like a Rams home game right now. But the truth is, is like, this is what you play for you only give one first round bye to the team that has home field advantage like you earn the right to play that final or potentially final playoff game in front of your fans like that's what you work all season to to earn the right to take them away i think would be and i I honestly because you know the nfl they're all about where's the revenue going to come from the revenue is going to come from a neutral site because they can attract more people to go to it, right? They can charge whatever the fuck they want to charge. It's no longer under control of what the team wants to start the ticket prices at, right? Like it's their market. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the worst thing that ever happened to the NFL.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So tell me about the game. I
1: mean, I think we all know this already. Um, Burrow is living in uh, the Kansas city chiefs head rent free. Um, When you look on paper, the Bengals have the better squad. They are the better team. Uh, They are coached phenomenally as well, both on the offense and defensive side of the ball. And I don't think I can understate how great their defensive coordinator has been these last couple of years on what he basically tries to do. Uh, He's another one that shows five uh, from a, from a defensive line standpoint, but then usually drops two back. You just don't know which two are going to drop back. And when they drop. The two on the edges that usually drop back, what they basically do is they play zone. It's like, it's like a muddle zone. So they'll play zone, but then they see a quarterback scramble and then they go in. For, then they, it's a del- almost like a delayed blitz then. So yep. they, they're like spying zoning and he's has them humming and they play their assignments extremely well. It's really phenomenal uh, how that roster is constructed. Once again, uh, they have the better rushing attack. They have the better weapons. Um, They had the better defense. So it's just logically that these are the reasons why they've been 3-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs. But sometimes... Gotta throw logic out the window. Gotta throw logic out the window. And I I alluded to before, we're going to be hearing about Patrick Mahomes' ankle up until February 12th. I just think you have the best quarterback and the best coach when you, when you pair them two together, somehow, some way they, they, um, and also the best, you know, the, the best tight end in the league. When you pair those guys together, they're going to find a way to win. And unlike Buffalo, I do think Kansas city is going to be able to generate pressure. I find it hard that the Bengals are going to be able to replicate what they did against Buffalo and keep um, Burrow clean. You got Chris Jones, who's been phenomenal this year. I think he had what, like 15, 16 sacks. Um, and I think want, as a do you listen to Move in the
0: Chains? Do you listen to Move in the Chains with Pat Carwin? Uh,
1: when I when I when I I work from home now, so I used to. But don't they leave like don't they have like fifty five sacks on the year or something like that? The Chiefs they they sack quarterback pretty frequently
0: they do but they were talking today about statistically that like some for some reason there's this misnomer that kansas city chiefs say frank clark is their guy in the regular season and chris jones is their guy in the postseason did you know chris jones doesn't have a postseason sack
1: i did not know that
0: that's what i'm so like yes they've had all these guys that do it but i'm not i'm not trying to refute your statement i do yeah, think Chris, they're gonna be Chris better Jones at getting up. pressure than the yeah. buffalo bills were because they have multiple people who can do it from either up the middle frank clark on the edge they'll blitz nick bolton a little bit like spagnola is gonna be steve spagnola is gonna be in his bag you know for this game because he's gonna he's gonna have to be but so your point is valid i just i literally heard that today that's from crazy. I Irwin, that. and i didn't know that either you know for all the
1: times they've been in the postseason too that's kind of remarkable no
0: postseason sacks i remember oh. him as being a game record because he deflected three passes in the freaking super bowl yeah. against the 49ers that like george kittle still might be running on one of those <laughs> because yeah, yeah his big ass arm wasn't in the way you know
1: yeah so i, I this whole narrative that the kansas City uh cheese defense is bad I think it's been overly dramatized, and I'll tell you right now, I I don't think they're great, but I I think they're good enough to uh, cause Burrow some fits. Yep.
0: What's the score, Lou, since you made me
1: pick a score before? Okay. Score? Let's go 31-27.
0: You know what's so funny? That is literally the exact score that I wanted to say.
1: Oh, you can uh, still say it. I mean, it's a good score.
0: No. Some say the best. Some say the best. I think it's like like it's like it's the obvious one. Not, not necessarily the obvious. It's like when, when people look at the spread, like I don't even know what the spread in this game is. I don't yeah. care. Um. So here's my thought on this game is I don't – I'm a big conspiracy theory guy, but I don't often subscribe to the the conspiracy theories that the NFL is rigged. But for certain people it just feels like it's rigged, right? Yeah. <laughs> like and Patrick Mahomes is one of those people. Here's the 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 truth, man, is I don't think fans, unless you're a fan of this team, want to see the Eagles play the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Like I just don't think people want to see that. Like it, it's they don't, you know, I'm not saying they want to see the 49ers or chiefs, you know, there's more
1: storylines, chiefs, Eagles, yeah. Andy Reed going, you know, and playing Philly. Yep. Right. There's there's definitely more uh, storylines. Uh, I'm going to say with that, I mean,
0: you can even, there's that storyline. Like if the 49ers find a way to go, this, this impeccable unheard of run from Mr. Irrelevant in San Francisco, like, Tell me that's not two weeks worth of fucking material right then and there, and they won't even stop there. They'll start with what do they do with Trey Lance next year? What do they do with Jimmy Garoppolo last year? Oh, 49ers. it would only
1: it would only be better if the Niners played the Bengals to have that eight night. Was it nineteen eighty eight? We was beat it? them twice in the
0: Super Bowl, the Bengals. So eighty eight was the most is the most recent one. That's the, yeah, that's the one. I, yeah, I no, I'm talking about. Them.
1: I'm talking about the Boomer one, so that yep. would be pretty freaking cool to kind of have like a flashback, uh, like you know, replay that out because that was a fantastic game.
0: So here's what's crazy: is like I don't think many teams want to see the Bengals right now, right? Like I think they're they're playing well, on but like you just you just commended what Lou Amaru- Amaruma is doing for on the defensive side for Cincinnati. Like he's just like s- slept on. Like this guy should be a head coach. I don't understand. But that being said the team that I would actually prefer to play in these two scenarios is the Cincinnati Bengals. We always say that styles make fights and like, I know they're supremely talented, but the one thing that gives me anxiety around quarterbacks is, is mobile quarterbacks, not quarterbacks that have mobility, right? There's a difference. And Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow has mobility. He can get out of the pocket. He can do whatever, But that's not his first instinct. It's not what he does. And they are a team with that banged up defensive line. I know for a fact the 49ers would get pressure on with four, right? Then lets us focus on the weapons. To me, they're the more ideal matchup. We talked about how Patrick Mahomes' ankle is going to be the most widely talked about thing for the next handful of days. And I, too, agree that it'll probably be the most widely talked about thing for two consecutive weeks in that gap between these conference championship games in the Super Bowl for two reasons. Either they're playing in the game and that's all that matters, or they're not playing in the game and that's the excuse that matters, that they're not playing in the game, but it will be a drum that continuously beats for essentially the next two and a half weeks. Push comes to shove. I just think, I don't know. Our, our stat guy is on sabbatical right now, so I don't have anybody to look this up, but has Andy. I'm, Reed, I'm kind of getting,
1: I'm kind of getting worried that I we haven't heard from him in the last like three years.
0: I think we should call a significant other and find out if he's around. <laughs> um, that being said, like I would love for somebody to look it up and see if Andy Reed has ever gone. zero and four against a team before.
1: Yeah.
0: I like if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that that's probably not likely.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Like Listen, he's that, he's that good at what he does. We talk about experience. Like, yes, I know the, the Bengals were just recently in this game last year against this very same team and then made it to the let's Super Bowl. Not
1: for, yeah, but let's not forget, though, Kansas City had an epic collapse in the second half. They oh, were yeah. rolling.
0: Bro, the first I half, you thought this game was over.
1: So I really don't foresee that, that happening again.
0: That's what the Chiefs need to avoid is when they, if they get the lead, how do they sustain the lead? And the difference is, I think this team is actually built to do it because they're not a home run hitter like they've been in years previous, where they're reliant on the big play. They can establish they can sustain, the drive. They, can, they yep. can
1: sustain longer drives. They can methodically it, yep. move
0: down the field. So, Lou, I, I mean, you stole my thunder, but I'm I'm Kansas City Chiefs as well in this game. I told you weeks ago that I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so there's like you said with Buffalo last week. You said Buffalo would win. How do you not pick them when they're remaining? I'm in the same boat with Kansas City. I said they would win. Like yes, the Mahomes injury gives me cause for concern, um, but when when all said and done, I'm taking Andy Reid over Zach Taylor. That's the way that I'm going about this.
1: And and, and the whole thing is it's just a gut feeling. This is nothing because everything on paper, statistically, it comes up it comes up bangles, right? Oh. But just like we've made this analogy before with roulette, every now and then it has to come up red. Has to. It has to.
0: Um, I'm gonna say 3128, even though I'm, I'm uh, saying right now you I are that to say,
1: douchebag from The Price Is Right. I, oh my I, I,
0: god! I I wanted to say 3127. I'm just saying that, but I'm gonna say 3128, and I'll change my logic. I'll say the last team with the ball wins, and and Mahomes does just enough to come down the field and pass it to Harrison Bucker, who kicks up. I'm gonna be real aggressive right here. And see how crazy I can see in the future. I'm going to say he kicks a 47-yard game-winning field goal.
1: I'm going to say something different. Burrow's driving to win the game, and he stalls. Just stalls. Yeah,
0: goes goes for it. On, no pick. Just goes for it on fourth down. They don't. They don't complete it.
1: Well, no, like he doesn't get in the end zone. Okay, they're down. They're down 27-31. Needs a touchdown. I don't know how you know. It's gonna be turnover yep. downs, interception, sack, whatever. But so let's say sack. But he he, I say, Burrow does, will fail in the in the with the ball towards the end. All right.
0: Well, there you have it. Lou says we're looking at an Eagles Chief Super Bowl uh, this year. I say we're looking at a 49ers Chief Super Bowl. I certainly hope you're wrong and I am right. Um specifically about a 47 yard game winning field goal. Because if I call that correctly, then I'm retire. I'm just literally retiring from yeah, the we're talking they, football podcast. Then you, you beat,
1: yeah, then you've beat me like well, yeah. from the two years of our pickums.
0: It just all pickums go out the window. Like I am I am I'm am winner, you are loser. If that if that actually yeah. I, I wouldn't even know what to do if that fucking happened. Um now this game's gonna keep me up all night, regardless. Yeah. So Funny story is I have to go into the I have to go into the office on Monday, into the city, I'm closing out our, our year or whatever. And I told my boss I was like, "Listen, I will be there. I'm going to be hungover. How hungover is dependent upon the outcome of my game." And she's like, "Well, what do you what do you mean? Like they all, do My whole work. The, I'm known as the that, that, 39er that's a good fan. Que-
1: that's, that's that's a good question, Listen, Do you party harder when you celebrate or when you when you soak? So."
0: When I sulk, when I sulk. So here's how this will exactly play out. If the 49ers win this game, I will have my my vino during the game. I have a a regiment, a cup, space it out. I'm all good. I'm level-headed while I'm watching. Just keep like a, a pretty steady buzz going. If they win, like on a normal Sunday and they're playing in the afternoon game, like I cruise right into the night game, like maybe have another glass or two of wine, Real cool, real calm, collected, get to bed at a decent time, maybe watch the rest of the 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 rest of the game and bet. They lose, I'll probably sit there and watch the chiefs Bengals game, watching it. In the dark. <laughs> not even sure if I'll know what's going on, because all I'll be thinking about is this play, that play, this play from the 49ers game. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm just sipping, and I'm just sipping, and I'm just sipping, and before you know it. So I was like, I'll be there. If the 49ers win, I'll be bright-eyed and pushy pushy tailed because I won't be stressed for the the Sunday night game. Probably get to get bed at a decent hour. If they lose, no telling what's gonna happen. I might stay up all night. Like I'm the one who's like, I'm just i s I'm a sucker for punishment, dude. Like I'll sit up and watch the post games and go to ESPN and go to you know
1: oh, yeah. oh, go to the NFL
0: network and just watch how they're just
1: oh, when destroying they my team. Oh no, I never I never watch in the I, I I shut my phone off. Uh, yeah, I, I avoid sport, sports like the plague yeah. when the Chargers lose. So
0: I want to – listen, this is not to make myself feel better. We've said all along, like throughout the, the the majority of the season, I have Super Bowl expectations for this 49er team. I think it's better than they were last year and a team mm-hmm. that made it to the NFC Championship game. I also will readily admit that when Jimmy did actually go down after Trey had gone down and know nothing about Brock Purdy other than a couple college tapes, that that I've seen before, like just statistically it says you're not going there with a rookie quarterback. So I thought we'd limp into the playoffs and then it'd be an early exit. Obviously the kid has overseeded expectations. So those expectations come back to win the Super Bowl. But the truth is like, Lou, if they lose this game, how do you like as a fan of the team, look back at it and say, look at all the things that you went through and still went on a 12 game win streak, right? Still accomplish this like, Still can't take away that, in my opinion, at this point, Kyle Shanahan's the coach of the year, right? Like, with what you saw, like, it still feels like I got to see as much extra football as I possibly could as a fan minus the one game. But 30 other teams are saying the same thing. Yeah, of course I'm greedy. I said it before, like, with Giant fans. You don't get to get here often. You got to take advantage of when you get here. I just told you. We are now playing in the third NFC championship game in four years. There's no Super Bowl that has coincided with those yet. I want a fucking Super Bowl. I have a fucking bottle, a specialty bottle of champagne that I've been reserving since 2019 to fucking pop in that instance. And I stare at it all the time. I could show it to you. It's right behind me. Like, I want to spray it all over my fucking house and create a disaster like that's what I want to do I don't even want to drink it I just want to spray it everywhere like I'm in the fucking locker room
1: I have absolutely you are fucking pre you are talking to on deaf ears right now I have no fucking sympathy whatsoever for (laughs) you or your fucking little fan base because you've had it fucking good compared to the hell what I've been through so I don't want to talk about this whatsoever Weston I wish you best of luck but you I don't want to hear your moaning and your groaning. but the point you is you have seen with your eyes yeah
0: the point is from your like from an outside perspective like you can't even look at the 49ers season and say it's a disappointment right no, like no. to get to this point you got to hope the ball bounces in your direction a, a, a couple of different times right mm-hmm. it's always better to be lucky than good but like i I need this to happen. I want this to fucking happen. Like, and I think it's possible And the, in the saving grace for me is there's nothing about the way this, this team is constructed, especially now with two rookie quarterbacks under contract, right. That you're going into the season with to bring back your people. Like we'll be back. We're a playoff team again next year. You know what I mean? Like barring, I would even tell you, dude, that the 2020 season—the season that we didn't make the playoffs—that was in between all of this. The reason why that never happened is, dude, we had 40 something players go on IR throughout the season, right? Like yeah. catastrophic Super Bowl hangover injuries, and still we're in contention for a playoff spot, even with that abysmal, like, scenario that you're going through. Like, this team is built to be here. I don't want to hear any more from anybody about we got to fire Kyle Shanahan, really. Like fucking really? Like you yeah, see what no. else is out there? Like no, stop that shit immediately! Like no. fucking immediately!
1: Let's the... put that. To, let's put that to pasture. Yeah. Along with this episode, because I want to even get under uh, uh, an hour and a half. So let's wrap this up.
0: We're at one twenty nine and seventeen seconds. Lou, remind the audience where they can find us.
1: W at WTF Pod NFL on Instagram and Twitter. Weston, hurry up! Do it on the Yahoo. We're I mean the
0: YouTube, the Yahoo. I don't even know what our Yahoo is, but our YouTube is we're talking football. More to come from TikTok, Lou. That's a wrap for us on the divisional round. We'll be back, or excuse me, on the conference uh, championships and recap of divisional round. We'll be back to recap conference championships. Start talking about the Super Bowl. See you then, brother.